Guys, today's sermon, and, and I'm not, this has been one that, that I've been working on for, for quite some time, and I knew when God wanted us to start this series on warrior conversations, I knew that this had to be talked about. Uh, it was something that is a very touchy subject, and I get that. It's something that is also, it's very sensitive. I need everybody in this room to understand I will not come at a sensitive subject with insensitivity. My heart goes out on this subject so much for people that have lived it, been through it, struggled with it. So just know that this sermon is not something that I'm trying to beat anybody up. I'm not trying to single anybody out. I'm not trying to point out anybody. When I took the oath as a pastor, I promised God that I would teach truth. And that's what I'm going to do today. We're going to discuss abortion today. I need everybody to know, if there's anybody in this room or anybody that's watching online that has been through an abortion and has, has, has made that decision, I want to get this point across right now. If you are struggling, thinking that there's no unforgiveness, if you're struggling with that decision, I need you to know that 100% true healing is available through Jesus Christ. I know that there are people that have made that decision that really struggle with it today. I know some, personally. So again, just know that regardless of the decision you've made in your past, God loves you unconditionally. He forgave you the moment you did it, as long as you truly repent and you don't go back. He loves you. Amen? Thank God for that, right? Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. Give me some amens when you get there. I think I'm going to start making this a contest every week. Start giving out prizes for the first few amens that I hear. <laughs> Get to wash my car. <laughs> All right. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I praise you. Thank you for the opportunity to just be a small part of your church. God, thank you for the word that you've given me today. Father, thank you for getting me prepared for this sermon. Father, I want to thank all the people of this congregation that are here today, the ones watching online. God, just thank you for 
this group not only for lifting me up and encouraging me and leadership at this church, but everyone around them. I've never been around a more encouraging church. God, I know that that is your people. Encouragement is so strong in this church, and I praise you for that. I ask that we continue to encourage the ones that need it in this church and outside of this church. God, today that is an opportunity that we have to encourage people downtown. God, I ask that hearts are opened. I ask that your love is shown through our church, through Lifehouse Church, through your church. God, in this moment, I ask that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. God, I ask that you take all pride, selfishness, anger, doubt, confusion. Father, none of that is of you, and I ask that you cast it away from me. I ask that you replace it with your love, your boldness, and your truth. God, I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you. And I ask all these things in your name. Help us to love, help us to laugh, help us to forgive. Amen. All right, guys. Again, I know I'm walking into a very sensitive subject. However, this needs to be talked about more and more in our churches. I don't think it's being talked about enough in our churches. I think most Americans do actually realize that the courts and our country's leaders made a terrible mistake in 1973 by making abortion legal. I do believe that. Every person is unique. I want you to think about it, guys. There's only one Albert Einstein. There's only one Martin Luther King. Where would this world be today if, if those two men would have been aborted? I also want you to think about this, and you hear this a lot when abortion sermons come up, but what if the person that was supposed to cure cancer has been aborted. That's a deadly disease. There's been a lot of people, a lot of children, unborn children that have been aborted. We're going to get into those numbers here in a minute, and it wouldn't surprise me if of that number, that probably took case. Every life is also unique to God. And I want you to understand, just like God, no one will ever convince me that an unborn child is a tissue. Never. That is a human life. That is extremely biblical. The Bible is very clear that in the womb there is life. I'm fixing to give you a lot of scripture, so get ready to take some notes. Psalms Chapter 139, verse 13 through 16. We'll do the first two first. This is 13 and 14. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before, or excuse me, every moment before a single day had passed. I want to go to Isaiah chapter 49, verse 1. 
The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, he called me by name. Not only does God put plans for you in your life, he already knows your name before your mother even knows that she's pregnant. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. I knew you before I formed. You in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. I could, there's a lot more scripture. I just wanted to pull up a few. This one's the one I really want you to pay attention to. I want to go to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read verses 30 through 31. This is an angel speaking. Do not be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to wonderfully bless you. Very soon now, you will become a pregnant or excuse me, very soon now you will become pregnant and have a baby boy, and you are to name it Jesus. Notice it says baby, right? It doesn't say tissue. It doesn't say a blob. It does not say it. It says a baby in the womb. Can you imagine if Mary would have had the option to abort her child? I need y'all to really think about this. I mean, in today's law, in the United States of America and throughout the world, you could legally abort the Savior of the earth. You could legally do that. Mary could legally say, you know what? I mean, Mary was very young. We don't know exactly the age. We'll say 13, 14 years old. You know, I'm young. This is a lot more than what I can take. You could easily go down that easy path. It's sad that in today's world, this can happen. And I know a lot of you are looking at me, and some of you are probably thinking, but there's different issues that may come up that could set us apart, and maybe it would be okay to have an abortion. What about the kids that are they have physical and mental issues in the womb you know nowadays you can have sonograms different tests so forth, blood tests and they'll you, you can know you know whether or not your child has this illness has a disease has uh, is is maybe has mental health whatever the issue may be but what's sad is a lot of people think these children these unborn children should be aborted and in today in the united states of america over 70 percent of the babies that are diagnosed with Down syndrome are aborted. Seven out of ten kids because some doctor tells you that they're going to be tough to raise, that they may not live the best life. At the beginning of this sermon, we read from Genesis chapter 1, where it talks about how God is the manufacturer of life. When you remove life, you're telling God he's not a good manufacturer. Every life has a purpose. I don't care what the mental 
capacity of the child is. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of us in this room that aren't very smart. If that's the case, I mean, if you're going to take out some child because of their mental capacity, there's a lot of us in here that probably don't need to be here. There was a manufacturer that sent us a ring at the jewelry store one time. I had gone to a jewelry show. I saw this line. I really liked it. And um, we looked at buying into it. Well, this manufacturer said, well, hey, let me send you this one piece. Um, you know, see if you like this, so forth. So they sent it to us. We're looking at the piece, and we start to realize that the piece has some malfunctions. As soon as we tried to set a stone, a prong broke. Prong is what holds your diamonds in, by the way, for those of y'all that don't get it. You know those little, yeah, y'all get it, okay. So we would, we, you got to pull the prongs back just a hair to start setting your stones. Well, we, we went to set the stone, prong broke. We started pulling another one back, another prong broke. Three out of four prongs broke right off. It was very brittle. Not only that, we get to looking at the ring, it was missing two small diamonds, and the bottom of the ring, the shank part of the ring, which is on the bottom, was pretty scuffed up and in bad shape. I'm looking at this piece, and I thought, but I really like this piece. We could really do something, we could sell this. I know we could sell it, but it's in bad condition. My jeweler looked at me and said, let's fix it. So we put some work into it. We fixed the prongs, we replaced the diamonds, we fixed the scuff on the bottom. The ring sold in less than three days. Just because you might have a child that comes out with some flaws, with a little bit of work, it can be as beautiful as each individual that they come across, regardless of what flaws they may have. And I'm here to tell you right now that when you're born with something, that is not a flaw. That is a characteristic. Some of y'all have heard me talk about that before. God makes us all a certain way. Some people look at me and they say, well, Micah, don't you think when someone's born with mental issues and physical issues, don't you think God made a mistake? No, I don't. I think that's a characteristic that God wanted them to have throughout their life. And it will touch somebody else along the way. You see, we're not put on this earth for ourselves. That's not why we're here. We're here for God. We're here for his children. We're here to build the church. And you can't tell me that someone that has mental disabilities cannot touch your heart. Every time I see anyone with that type, especially children, that may be struggling with Down syndrome and so forth, I, my heart just goes out to them. And to just watch them, just interact, it makes me think. This is what it makes me think. God, thank you for, for allowing me to be physically able to do things that this child can't do. I know that sounds bad. You're like, so you're taking what's negative. No, no, I'm taking what's bad and I'm making it good. And here's the thing about that child. That child, if you're not doing your job as a Christian, building the church the way that we should be doing, that child will build it more than you will. Just off of his everyday actions and everyday moves. Because people will watch that and they'll think, man, here's this child that's struggling in so many areas, but is still able to live life. 
that is still able to smile. Some of y'all can't smile. Some of you can't laugh. When you see them do it, you know their heart is good, right? So no matter the mental situation or physical situation of any child that is born, they have a life and it has a purpose. I've had people say this to us, but Micah, abortion was never mentioned in the Bible. So how can you say that it's how can you say that it's wrong? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. The word abortion comes from the word abort. Okay, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure this one out. So we're going to look at the definition of abort: to terminate or put at an end. Murder. Well, Matthew chapter five verse twenty-one. You have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder. You are subject to judgment. Abort means to get rid of permanently. The only way to get rid of a human life permanently is murder. For you to do it, it's murder. I know some people completely disagree with me when I bring this subject up, but I, I have no doubt that an abortion is murder. The only time that I would ever allow an abortion, and I wouldn't even call it an abortion, is if you came to me and you said, at the very last, the doctor comes to me at the last second, and he says, listen, your wife's having a baby. She's not going to make it. She's not going to make it. That's a tough decision, guys. How do you make that decision? Well, what I do, what I know, and I'm pretty sure if y'all forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the law actually states that the mother has to live in that situation. That's one of those that for the last second, I'm just, I'm on my knees. I'm like, God, I'm still claiming miracles here. I'm claiming miracles. It would be very hard for me to do, to say, you know what? Take the child. Y'all know I love my wife. I think that'd be very hard for my wife to do. We don't give up on God. We don't give up on miracles. It's something that you keep fighting for all the time. I, I pray and I thank God every day that I, I didn't have to have that situation. But I do know that when it comes down to your wife's life, I truly believe that God gives you mercy in that area to make that decision. Your wife can continue to have kids. She can continue to give you children. She can continue to help build the kingdom through that process. God's going to take care of that child. I promise you that. I had this asked. What about a rape situation? Let's say you, a uh, young girl, and this was always asked of me, Michael, what about a rape situation? What if it was your daughter? That's what's always asked of me. Number one, I don't even want to think about that. But I will promise y'all this. If that was the case, we'd still have that baby. I don't care. We'll still have that baby. Because God can take something bad and make it amazing. A lot of y'all know that I love Tony Evans. That's a pastor out of Dallas. Love that man. Amazing pastor. 
some of y'all may have heard this story. He has an assistant there at the church. She's been there with him for years, pretty much since the beginning. Forgive me, I can't remember her name. But she was raped as a young, young teenager. I think she was 14, 15 years old. She went through and had the child. She contemplated abortion, but just could not do it. And at the time was not a believer, by the way. But she just felt this tug of, you can't do it, you can't do it. I have plans for this child, plans for this child. And even though she wasn't a believer at the time, God was already working on her. She had a boy, had a son. This son, growing up in Tony Evans' ministry, branched out, started another ministry, had three sons of his own. All three of those sons are involved in the ministry. They have touched a th thousands of lives. Thousands. If you abort that child, thousands of people do not come to know Christ. So you can't tell me because the situation started out bad that God can't make it good. That's a promise. And again, I know that that's a tough subject, and that's hard. But I promise you, we'd go through with it in a heartbeat. And I would encourage anybody else to as well. From 1941 to 1945, the worst historical event in the 20th century took place. It's the Holocaust. In that five-year span, Adolf Hitler and the Nazis murdered over six million Jews. Six million in five years. Most of y'all know this. We took this time in history, and we look at it, it's pure evil, right? We despise it. I can't tell you how many times as a kid growing up you would watch cartoons and, and the bad guy or the evil one looked like Hitler. And, and I remember asking my, my mom and dad, like, who, who is that? Well, that's Hitler. And they had to go in and tell me the whole story of why he was the bad guy, right? He was this evil, just portrayed that way. He was definitely one of the most evil men to ever set foot on this earth. To kill six million innocent people. I don't care if you're Jew, black, white. I don't care. Six million innocent people. You have no heart whatsoever. Here's the problem. I need you to see this today. The United States of America has aborted that many babies in the last eight years. Six million babies in the last eight years. Took Hitler five, took us eight. Not a big difference there. Worse than that, since abortion has become legal and was put in place by law in 1973, the United States of America has aborted over 62 million babies. 62 million that is 10 times the Jews that were killed in the Holocaust. 10 times. And we think the Holocaust was bad. Guys, I hate to point this out to you, but we're living in a modern-day Holocaust. I need you to catch that. We're living today 
in the second Holocaust. I don't want this to be the history for our country. When the history books are written 300 years from now, I don't want them to look back at the 20th century and the 21st century of the United States and say, man, they killed all those innocent children, all those unborn babies. Right now, guys, that's the road we're going down as a country. Too many Christians set aside and did nothing during the Holocaust in the 1940s. I refuse for Christian Warriors Church to do the same today. I can't control what's preached at other churches. It's not my decision. It's not my job. But I can control what's preached here. I was appointed that position, anointed that position, and I refuse at any time to not give y'all the truth, especially about something that is this disastrous towards our future. Amanda and I have three amazing daughters. Some of y'all know this story, but we had Annabelle, our oldest. We had Sadie, my middle daughter. And they were like, like the perfect pregnancies, right? Like just, well, for, for, for me, definitely. I didn't have to go through it. But, you know, so, but you know, I mean, basically like delivered on their due date, completely healthy. Amanda was healthy. So we decided we're going to have a third. We had a miscarriage, which was, at the time, the hardest thing I've ever had to go through as a husband or a father. You know, men, as, as, as husbands and fathers, we're, we're the fixers, right? Like, our job is to fix things. You can't fix that. You just lean on God, and you make sure that your wife can lean on you. So we have this abortion, and I'm, I'm watching my wife go through this and struggling through it. It's the hardest thing I ever had to see. But the doctor immediately said, listen, you know, these things happen, and, you know, you're perfectly healthy, and let's, I think y'all should try again. I don't think this is anything to do with, you know, something physically that you may be going through or anything like that. So they said, you know, certain amount of time, try again. We tried again, and, and she got pregnant again. And I'll never forget her coming to the jewelry store showing me the sonogram picture. She was there that day, y'all looking at me like, why weren't you there for the sonogram picture? What kind of husband are you, right? You're sitting up here crying about being a good husband and everything. I didn't know, she didn't know they were going to do it that day, okay? It was supposed to be just a regular checkup. They got the picture. So she comes by the jewelry store. She said, I got a surprise for you. She walks in and she shows me that picture. I'll never forget it. And there's two of them. And I thought, you know, I wanted a third, but I didn't agree with this fourth one over here. <laughs> so we realize we're having twins, right? Now, forgive me if I get this number wrong, but I believe we were 16 weeks into the pregnancy. 
and Amanda knew something was wrong. And we went to the doctor, and they checked, and there was only one heartbeat, just one. And the doctor told us then and there, she was very honest with us. She's a believer, and she said, I'm not going to tell you that your twin is not going to make it, but I will tell you medical facts that if one is gone, the other one's probably going to follow medically. And she said, but we're going to start praying. So we did. Caroline was, was tough. She, she's still tough. She's still tough. But through that pregnancy, we went to the ER numerous times just to check on things. Amanda went through a lot of issues in that pregnancy. A lot of sleepless nights on top of that. Just, you think about it, you lost the twin, the doctor tells you there's a good chance the other one's gonna be gone, so like every five seconds, she's hoping to feel the baby move or you know, anything just to give her confirmation that Caroline is still there. She goes in for a checkup about a month before Caroline was supposed to be born, six weeks to a month. And the doctor says, we've got to have this baby today. So immediately again, my wife is going just in her head, every negative thought that can come up, right? We pray. I said, hey, we're going to have this baby. It's going to be fine. I stayed positive, you know, tried through the whole time. Caroline was obviously born. Um, but I'll never forget when she came out, she wasn't making a sound. And my heart sunk. And I remember saying these words, God, don't do that. I can't do that right now. And at the moment I said that, she cried. Caroline, obviously here today, and she is still by far the hardest child we've had to deal with. <laughs> Guys, the reason I bring this story up is I think about how my wife struggled so bad through that pregnancy and through the one before. And I think about how many women are killing their babies when we would have been overjoyed to have one. There's a lot of women out there that can't have babies. How y'all think they feel? There might be some sitting in this room, but there's, I know a lot of you mothers, you mothers with that motherly instinct, could you imagine right now not being able to have a child and to find out that you've got millions of women across our nation that are allowing doctors to go in and cut theirs up into pieces? I hate to be so vulgar, but I'm just being honest. Do you know that you can buy a baby face, a baby body? You can buy that. Excuse me, let me rephrase that. Doctors are buying these babies, unborn children's bodies, for $2,000 for research. So not only are they murdering these babies, th then they're using them. At least Hitler used the bodies before he killed them. I know that sounds weird, and you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute, we're talking about that's torture and so forth. Well, but here's the thing. If you think about it, these babies, these babies were murdered. They're pulling them to pieces 
and these babies are being used for different science projects. It's the second Holocaust, guys, and we're right in the middle of it. We're right in the middle of it. Here's the great thing. We have a decision to make. We can either be like so many Christians back in the 40s that sat back and said, you know what, I'll just worry about my four walls. I'll just worry about my family. I'll just worry about my church. I'm not going to worry about what's going on across the seas or in, even, in my, even next door. I'm not going to worry about that. Or you can be the Christian that stands up and makes a difference. Now, here's how you do that. Some of you are looking at me like, well, what do you want me to do? You want me to go march the streets? What do you want me to do? Hey, listen, if you feel like you want to do that, get after it. I'll make you a sign. That won't bother me at all. But you know where it starts? With prayer. That's where it starts. It starts with prayer. And it starts with standing up for what you believe in. If somebody asks you about it, you tell them the truth. This is how I feel about it. Guys, everybody knows the game true and false. This is true. This is truth. Everything else is false. Stand on this. Let this be your weapon when somebody does question you in these areas. Show them scripture that I showed you today. It is biblical that God knew our name in our mother's womb. I don't want y'all to think, by the way, in any way or fashion that I'm saying that what Hitler did in the 40s wasn't as bad as what's going on today. Y'all please understand this. There's a reason why that man is no longer on this earth. There's a reason why they lost. It's called God's will. I'm concerned that if we don't fix this now as a country, it turns into even more of what's been going on into a larger holocaust. And I'm going to tell you, this is where I really struggle. I almost feel like God has to go and apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. If you don't know the story, look it up. Because what they were doing is just as bad. If not, what we might be doing may be worse. 